Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com. We're back from the bye week with the It's Never Bad episode. We're going to talk to Giants fullback Eli Penny in a few minutes. I'll also tell you later on how I got burned this week, burned badly by Logan Ryan. He he got me good at a Giants press conference, really uh, gave it gave it back to me, got, got me good uh, with a little one-liner, and uh, I'll tell you that story later on. But first, let's start out with the what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. You know, the Giants are playing Tampa Bay on Monday night. Uh, last check, they are 11-point underdogs. So like Tom Brady has lost, and the Bucs have lost two straight. So now they play the Giants at home on Monday night. The, the, the good news is the Giants are healthier. The bad news is they're playing a Bucs team that's not going to be messing around, that needs a win after losing two straight. So the likelihood is they're in pretty big trouble. But for the Giants, their offense is probably going to be as close to home as it's been in a long time. Andrew Thomas activated, uh, you know, his window was open to return from injured reserve. He, he sat out three games. He practiced a couple days already this week. I'm taping this on Thursday night. So Thursday he was on the field. Definitely encouraging signs. I would be surprised. I think the expectation right now is that Andrew Thomas comes back. So the Giants now have a left tackle that maybe they could trust a little bit. Now, I'm not sure this is a great game for him to come back and and have great success. You know, first game back, still probably a little bit compromised with that those foot ankle injuries. And now he's got to face, you know, the Shaq Barrett's, JPPs of the world in a game where the Giants are likely to be trailing. Not ideal. Not ideal. Now, on the other side, you know, this is moves guys around a little bit. What does it mean to Matt Parrott? Does he then slide into the right tackle, knock Nate Solder out of there? I'd be surprised if that happens. I don't think that's going to happen from everything I'm hearing and seeing. I think Nate Solder probably starts at right tackle on Monday night. And as Joe Judge said, all the tackles will will play and uh, shuffle in. So maybe it'll be like a split between Nate Solder and Matt Parrott. I think that's the, the likely solution at right tackle at the moment. I know a lot of people that doesn't make them too happy. And as for the, the weapons, so... Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney aren't even on the injury report this week. They, Galladay came back last week, had missed three straight games with a, a knee, a hyperextended knee. He was definitely limited. He admitted as much this week, said it was clutch to have the bye. So Kenny Galladay is now the healthiest he's been since New Orleans. The way I look at it, Kenny Galladay has been healthy for two games this season. It's Atlanta and it's New Orleans. And he had 180 yards receiving in those two games combined, easily his two best games. You know, the first two games of the year, he didn't do anything all summer. Finally started getting healthier week three, week four, got injured at the beginning of week five. Came back before the bye, now gets some time, he's healthy. Kadarius Toney's healthier. He was dealing with, you know, ankle injuries for a little while, uh, gaseous thumb. So they're not even on the injury report. Good for them. Then Saquon Barkley, he's also practicing this week. First time he's really back. He's looking pretty good. I mean, he's not going to be Saquon. I'm on 100%, you know, in 2018 rookie year style. I don't think that's realistic right now. But, you know, a 75%, 80% of Saquon Barkley is still pretty good, especially with Devontae Booker dealing with a hip injury as well. But I, I still, I think I expect, and I think the Giants are expecting right now, 
Saquon Barkley to play. He's been taking reps at practice from what I've been hearing. So, you know, if he's taking first team reps at practice, wink, wink, I think it's pretty obvious. Saquon Barkley, they're expecting him to be back this week. So that's good news for the Giants. The only one that they might be missing is Sterling Shepard. He seems to be a little ways off. He's probably an outside shot right now. They do have an extra day. Uh, he's, he was moving better than I thought. So I, there is a, a slim chance that Shep does get back. I would say it's probably unlikely the Giants are not planning on him being back right now. But I wouldn't be stunned if he does get back because he's been looking pretty good working on a side field with trainers. So there you go. You have the healthiest Giants team that we've had really maybe this season off the bye against Tampa. And then the following week, you got the Michael Strahan jersey retirement against the Eagles. That's the game where you, if the Giants can get through this one unscathed, that they probably will have everybody back finally and closer to 100% than they've been in a really, really long time. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. And if you look at it, you look at that New Orleans game. That's the healthiest they've been out of all the games so far. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they had 485 yards of total offense. By far their best this season in the New Orleans game when Saquon was getting back to his old self, when Galladay was near full strength, when Tony was finally inserted into the offense. So if you could get those guys healthy, this could be a much better offense, especially with Andrew Thomas in there. So I think that's the hope for the Giants here in the second half of the season. And look, they're three and six right now. You look at some of the look, look at some of the losses, okay? At Washington versus Atlanta at KC. Those are the three losses you look at and say, oh, you know, we probably could have got at least one of those games. Maybe two. I don't think it's realistic to say, yeah, we should, we're going to win every single close game. That, that's not realistic. Dallas and the Rams, they weren't going to win. And that was because their defense at the time was a disaster. Now, same with Washington. Like, they could have beat Washington, but it was a shootout. Would they have been able to stop Washington at the end? They couldn't stop Atlanta at the end, end up being the problem. I think Atlanta's the game I look at and say, okay, they would have won that game if they were healthier. Because they would have put Atlanta away earlier. Remember, it was a really tight game. And the Giants decided to play it really tight and close because their defense hadn't allowed anything. And then late in the game, they let up two scoring drafts. And they ended up losing. A game to Atlanta, by the way. If you watch Atlanta on Thursday night, whew, that offense is brutal. They stink. They have no weapons whatsoever right now. Like, zero. KC game, yeah, they could have won, I guess, if they were healthier. Uh, not sure if, they, if deep down... Late in the game, if they needed to, they'd be able to stop KC, though. That's kind of the problem with this Giants defense. They've been playing better. Do we really trust them against a good team late in games when they can't really rush the passer to stop these good quarterbacks? I'm not so sure the answer is yes. I know they did it against Derek Carr. They got the outlier great play by Quincy Roche. Remember, <laughs> the Raiders were driving down the field. The Raiders were driving down the field about to score. They did get that one play, that one big play from Quincy Rochet, but they don't really have the players to do that on a consistent basis. That, to me, is the outlier. The edge rushers, the pass rushers to do that on a consistent basis. That's So, to me, they kind of almost got a little fortunate there that they were able to stop him, thanks to Quincy Rochet, who made a, a great play on that, on, on that specific you know, sack fumble. 
that basically they did win the Giants the game. But we're going to see down the stretch because they got a couple decent games coming up. They're going to have to play Dallas again. They're playing Tampa this week. They're going to play a pretty decent Chargers team. They're going to have an opportunity at some point. We'll see if they can close out a game. If they can stop one of these good quarterbacks late in the game. It'll be an interesting test. But it'll also be fun to watch to see what does this offense actually look like when they're semi-healthy. And I'm in. I mean, I want to see it. I want to see it already. I want to see Daniel Jones already so we know what they have in Daniel Jones. We're in year three, and we're still sitting here saying, hey, what? we're not really sure. We're envisioning it, but we're still not sure because the pieces around him have just been so insufficient. So big second half of the season for Daniel Jones. And let's see how it goes. But let's talk to our guests right now. On to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, let's bring on Giants fullback, running back, playmaker, Eli Penny. I mean, that's kind of what you become here, Eli, right? I mean... Ever since uh, Saquon went down, it's kind of been you and Booker in that in that backfield getting some carries and and uh, your first time kind of in four years in that role. So what do you call yourself? First, let's just take the time out that you called me a playmaker, and I feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, you I, came I'm in as good. a running back, right? Tell the tell yeah. the people you were you okay. were a tailback in in college. You weren't a fullback. Uh-huh. No, tailback in college and tailback my first two years with uh, Bruce, with Bruce Arians in Arizona. So, yeah, and then I came in to New York 2018 and kind of just played the, uh, did the fullback role just because, uh, you know, I could and, you know. Uh, hey, that. it pays pretty well, the fullback role, you know, I mean, it's, it's, so it's, it's not a, it's not a bad job. In the, in oh, no, league. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> But no, what's it what's it been like getting that opportunity? Get your first uh wasn't your first career touchdown, right? It was your first touchdown since coming to the Giants. Uh yes, first rushing touchdown. I had a special team touchdown in 2019. So it's my second So wait, what's, what's it been like to get that opportunity? To to get handed uh, the ball, to 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 get to show what you could do running, you know, on a consistent basis. It feels good, you know. Uh, it definitely reminded me when I was younger, uh, playing till earlier in my career, and then, like you said, throughout college, it feels good. It feels good to show um, show my teammates, show the uh, the people in New York, and just show uh, our coaching staff that that I when, when available and when I actually do that job, I can go in and fill it. No, uh, no problem. All right, so you said show your teammates. So you must have been talking this up for years now, and you're saying they didn't believe you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't believe me, but I'm just saying, like, to show my teammates, like, you know, they are, we always just joke around in practice, and they, you know, say Quank, say a couple jokes, and other running backs say a couple jokes. But it's like, you know, in practice, they'd be like, yo, you really can run. Like, and I'd be like, of course. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> well, you had, how long have you been chirping in Jason Garrett's ear? 
I mean, and even before that, the previous, you know, Pat Shermer's here. Oh uh, yeah, well, I always just clown with Pat and tell him like, yeah, you know, you got you, you got the best runner in the league on your team, man. Just just hand him the ball <laughs> and just see what he can do, you know. <laughs> and you weren't talking about Saquon at that time. <laughs> no, nah, I was talking about three nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I heard that three nine somehow is not on the Pro Bowl ballot. Is this, do, do you know this? Is this true? Man. Uh, As yeah, a fullback? Actually, I mean, you're, you've been a fullback for three plus years yeah, here. Exactly. So I don't even know how it's not. I mean, I don't even know how I'm not on the list. Uh, but really, I really didn't know that until today. And, you know, somebody brought that to my attention. But I really don't even play. I, I don't play the game for that kind of stuff. You know, I just, I play to have fun with my teammates. I play to inspire my teammates. And I just, you know, I'm, I, I'm just really out there having fun. Oh, I, I don't care. I'm still going to sit out here and yell for the disrespect. Come on, man. Yeah, There's only yeah, so that, many it, fullbacks in the league. The Giants have two and you can't even get one on the ballot. I know right. that. that Yeah. Now, something's wrong with that. Like, come on now. They, they just going to discredit me for all, all the blocks I do. And, you know, and doing the tough, job, the dirty work at fullback, you know. But you know, I guess this is the one downside of playing too much running back this year. Maybe. Yeah, they probably think they probably think I'm a running back now, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting we're getting uh, ready for this Monday night game. You're playing. You look on that other sideline. You you know all those guys, right? I mean, that's that, that's all your boys coming from Arizona. That whole staff with Bruce Arians and everybody over there. Everyone, every, every single coach. Like, I, I enjoyed my time in Arizona playing for those guys with Foot, uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, BA, Goody, Kev, like everybody. Like, I man, that, that it felt like family when I was out there. I can't wait to see them guys on Monday just, just to chop it up with them and just, you know, talk about great memories that we had and, you know, some of the time, like some of the good old laughs that we had. About um, my first couple of years there. Did you know Byron Leftwich was going to be this, uh, you know, real sharp, bright offensive mind, offensive coordinator destined to be? I guess he's, I mean, on the verge of a head coaching job as well. Definitely. Uh, yes, I did. I had me and me and B, like, we had several conversations, like, just in the sauna, the steam room. And, you know, he was always like an intelligent That's guy. That's an awkward like, comment, but, you know, like, on a general, like, if you said that to like on a non-football sense, that would be an awkward comment. But because really? it's in a, in a football <laughs> setting, you kind of understand it, you know. Yeah, so we're sitting <laughs> in the sauna, you know, the two of uh, us. <laughs> now, because that like those were like the most like the 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 most memorable conversations I remember having with him, just like around the facility. Sometimes not even on the field, just because we were so busy working, but. In the facility, like he would, I remember he would always hop in the sauna, get in the steam room, and we'd always be in there around the same time. So I got a lot of time, spent a lot of time talking to Byron every time we played them uh, when they were down in Tampa. And while, and while I was up here, like we always, I always made sure I say, hey, what's up to be after the game, before the game. And yeah, I pretty much knew that, like, you know, he would be this kind of coordinator. And I, I believe that he'd be a really good head coach. Yeah, well, he looks like he's going to get his opportunity. They've done they've done pretty well since that staff moved over to uh, Tampa Bay. So I think they're in good shape. Uh, on to you guys for a second. Your role is contingent on this as well. We're taping this on Thursday night. Saquon Barkley, right, if he returns, will be a big factor in how much you get the ball and what, what your role kind of is. So you saw him today, first real practice. He was kind of out there. 
what what were your impressions? What did what did you think? How did he look? Uh, Saquon, he looked he looked like Saquon. Um, you know, obviously well, that's good. With the, the injuries that he had, uh, the the ankle, and you know, just knocking out the rust from the knee. Um, uh, he he he's, he'll be back. Uh, he'll be a hundred percent soon. But like I said, he's obviously dealing with those injuries to where, like you know, I've I've played with him, but I've seen him at you know at a hundred percent. And I just know him, and I tell him all the time, like you, you, you know, you'll get back to where you want to get, uh, get to. You know, you just gotta, you know, stick to the process. And that's a tough sell for a guy who's who's kind of been what he's through these last few years. But uh, I, I don't. I, that's kind of, I guess, the approach you, you have to take in that situation. Now you're playing a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that you haven't won a Monday night game, uh, a prime time game, kind of since really? you've been there? Really, I haven't. Uh, well, you're you guys are Daniel Jones is zero for seven, and you guys are zero for your last nine as an organization, which is which is kind of crazy. Uh, wow. You had a couple you had in your hands as as a team that kind of just slipped away. But do you do, do you guys change anything? Is has anything changed in regards to your routine of how you go through these primetime games since so, uh, since I don't know. You're I guess you're. 0 for 2 already this year in those? Uh, I don't think anything changes. I, I just think, like, sometimes the circumstances of, like, the weather or the crowd crowd noise that we have, uh, we'll put, like, an extra speaker out there just to, you know, simulate the the crowd noise we get in the stadium. But, you know, nothing really changes. It's the same, same routines that we uh, that we use every week. So it would be the same routines that we use games that we win and games that we lose. There's, there's no, there's no really difference on uh, our routine change. Judge, Judge was doing that in the meeting rooms at one point this year, wasn't he? Kind of giving you, doing, giving you noise. Oh yeah. Giving us noise just to, just so we can work on our communication, like throughout the game, you know, he kind of simulate that throughout the week. So, you know, before meetings, you know, we have music playing really loud. So, you know, we just work on our communication, you know, for when we plan and preparing to play in those uh, stadiums. So I'm curious. Uh, I always wonder. So you guys have to sit there all day. You're you're in Tampa Bay. Last time I was in Kansas City, Washington, whatever. You have all day to kill. What's the what's the routine? What's what's the Eli Penny routine? Do you do you nap during the week or before the game? No. So Monday night game, right? You're you're okay. sitting in a hotel, right? You get there on oh, yeah. on Sunday for this game, all day Monday. You have you don't play till eight thirty at night. What do you do to kill that whole day? How much of it is meetings? How much do you have your own personal routine? Do you try and sneak in a nap or, or whatever? Oh man, sneak a nap. I make sure I get a nap in. So <laughs> how how it go? I usually like we have meetings around like eleven, down around uh twelve or eleven forty-five. Uh I probably So wait, you sleeping? Are you sleeping till eleven? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up early. I'm up around like eight. I'll probably watch a movie, go down, head down for meetings. After meetings, grab some food and then get up to my room about like, you know, 12, 15, 12, 10. I call my kids, take a nap, watch a movie, uh, probably listen to some good R&B just to relax my my nerves and calm down a little bit. And then call my kids again and then get dressed, head to the stadium, call my kids again <laughs> before I get into the <laughs> locker room. Then, you know, get out to the field and, you know, call the kids again to show them the stadium and. So you call your kids about like four times, four times throughout the day. Those are my best friends. That's them, like the. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm just curious. <laughs> they're getting they're so they're getting the full, the full scene of of what it's like to be an NFL player, basically. 
Oh yeah, every week, every week, and like every, even on regular Sundays, like they get a, you know, they get the exclusive, you know, the backstage, you know, just to <laughs> take time, you know. <laughs> my man, I like it. That's 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 a man after my own heart right there. Keeping <laughs> keeping the kids close because your kids. Let's just make this clear. They don't come to New Jersey during the season. You're from California, so they kind of they stay out in California. They come here at times throughout the season, but they don't live with you permanently. You kind of make your temporary home in New Jersey and then go back and forth whenever you can. Yes, correct. Yeah, so I do that. They stay home. So anything I experience, like when I'm talking to somebody cool or, you know, if I get a, a conversation with Daniel, uh, Shep, Saquon or one of those guys like that, Leo, you know, I make sure I FaceTime my kids and, you know, let them talk to those, uh, those you know, those high caliber guys, you know, just, just for memories and moments. I make sure I get my little screenshot in there, you know, just so yeah, they can you don't know. They're kind of young, so you don't know if they're going to remember it. Exactly. So I'll be like, hold up, let me let me get this little screenshot photo in, stay on the phone, say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I love that. I love that. So they're like basically honorary members of the team at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. The whole organization loves my kids, and I love that they love them, <laughs> and they love the Giants. There you go. So, okay. Now let's go on to the important side of the pregame on Monday night, right? Guys, wing, do you wear a special outfit? How do guys, what do, what do guys do? Do you pick something out beforehand? Are you, is it something that's pre-planned days, weeks in advance, or you just pick something out of your closet and you say, I'm going to wear this pregame? I'm definitely not that guy. I just pick something out of my closet and go. Like, I, I really just... Who is Nothing. that guy? Who is that guy? There's got to be guys in the locker room that are pre-planning this, huh? Oh man, you well, you got you got your Sterling is one of one of those guys who just you know he killed the scene every time we play a game. Uh, Saquon's one of those guys. Uh, you got Leonard's one of those guys, and I, I would say um, Xavier McKinney is he dresses very very well. Like you know, sometimes I I be you know I be wanting to you know see what I can do with that, but I be like nah. That, that's a lot going on for me. I'd rather just put some, <laughs> put some sneakers on, some shoes, nice little coat, and just hit the dough. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, what's a, Give me an idea. I want, I want to know. What's a huddle like with Daniel Jones? Oh, wow. So a cool huddle story with Daniel Jones. Actually, our first time in Tampa, well, his first time in Tampa, his rookie year. So his first you know, game that he starts, you're talking about. Yeah, the first game. Yeah, the first game he started, which was kind of crazy because Daniel was like a, a quieter guy. Like you know, he kind of just lead by example. And um, I was in a huddle. You know, not too many times that you know fullback you be in a huddle. So my first my first time I'm in a huddle with Daniel, he was like so commanding, and like I was like, whoa, like this dude. That, that's when I knew he was like kind of for real. Like you know, we we were like driving. Like, we had a drive where we were. We had the we ran about like 15 plays. We in the red zone, and Daniel was all fired up. And I'm looking at him like, "What? I didn't even know you had this in you." Like he just he turned into <laughs> a whole different monster, <laughs> which is dope to see because it's like one months like we had practice or during the week you don't see that guy, but on Sunday you see a totally different guy. And then the huddle is just like you can see how dialed in he is. It's, it's cool to see. <laughs> And then he drove you down the field in that game for the game-winning touchdown. I believe he ran in the game-winning touchdown. Uh, exactly. That yeah. So that was that was a huge moment for him. And it was a huge moment for the team. You got to imagine that 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. No, no, I'm going to cut you off there. I'm, you got to no, imagine no. that funny stuff happens in the huddle every once in a while. The guys say some funny stuff, uh, whether it's unknowingly or or knowingly. Uh, you have any of those guys that, that just like to say stuff in the huddle or is everybody kind of is it more always quiet, always serious in the huddle? Uh, it's always well for for one. Shep is always running his mouth, <laughs> so I'm always like I hear Shep sometimes more than I hear Daniel. But I'm <laughs> I, to be honest, I'm usually that guy that says something funny in the huddle or or just something that's like something that has nothing to do with the game plan or nothing to do with nothing at all. So I, I usually say some funny, some corny, and it'll just make everybody laugh and. You know, I'm I'm definitely All right, so yeah. so we need an example, right? So okay, we're getting in the huddle. It's uh the beginning of the third quarter. You know, it's it's like it's a pretty close game. Say it's like a 2017 game, but everybody's you know pretty tight. What is what's Eli Penny coming with into the huddle? Y'all smell that kettle corn in the stadium <laughs> right now? Definitely smells good, and I'm definitely having some at the end of this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure, me. <laughs> and what's what's the general reaction to that? Everybody just looking at me, laughing, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and so Shep is sitting there just chirping on the side because he chirps so much. Are you guys even paying attention to what's coming out of his mouth most of the time? Sometimes I'm listening. Like, well, a lot of the times I'm listening, and then it's like that other forty percent. I'm just like, yo, what is he? I, I lose him so much. I'll be like, yo, I don't even know what he's saying anymore because he <laughs> he gets to talking to himself, then he'd be talking to us, and then it's just like it, it becomes white noise like very quick though, like very, very, very fast. I remember one time. I think you know, Shep might have gotten a penalty for you know, like I don't know, chirping with somebody or taunting, and like. He said, I, I believe he said something like, oh, I don't really talk on the field. And I'm thinking to myself, what? I said, we see you all the time. Yeah, all that, you do after yeah. every play, you see him going and chirping at everybody. <laughs> uh, that's funny. He said that. <laughs> I believe this was a couple of years ago. He was just trying to like shut down the conversation. He didn't want to like say exactly what he, you know, had said or something like that. So uh, he kind of just tried nah, to point up. I don't really talk much on the field. And we're all like, what? <laughs> nah, must be a different guy. <laughs> Yeah, gotta be a different guy. <laughs> nah, that's Chef is definitely that guy. Like he, but he gets everybody going. He gets everybody fired up, and that's why I love playing. Chef is like one of my favorite teammates to just like watch and to get ready to play. Like, because once I look at him, I know he like he's on full tilt, and it's just making me like, all right, I'm on full tilt. Even though I might get in the huddle and say something funny, but you know, I'm I'm still on full tilt just because I see my teammates, see him all fired up. It's like I can't leave you hanging out here. I got you. I feel like every every team needs that. You need you need those different personalities, right? You need oh, yeah. the, you need like the, the the Daniel Jones who's all serious, all business, but then could like throw in a you know the little fire. The guy who, mm -hmm. who keeps it light. The guy who's you know always chirping, giving you know kind of bringing the energy. Shep, Shep's the energy guy, right? He's he's the hype guy. High energy guy. Very you, very very high energy guy. You can even see that when he's injured. Like he's the guy when you first come off the field. Who's like jumping on your back? You know what I mean? Like that. that yes, that seems to be his yeah. role. Exactly. Yeah, I know. They got him a couple of times on camera while while he was hurt this year and did like just going crazy on the sideline. And you guys <laughs> noticed that stuff, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, when yeah. do you notice it? Do people tell you? Do you see clips afterwards, or you guys actually see it when you're watching film and and making cracking jokes on it? We see it during the film room. And then we just see clips. Some things that people tag you in. 
And it just sounded like, you know, we'd get together after a game or something like that. And you'd be like, did John see Shep on the sideline yesterday? Like, he was was going crazy. (laughs) Uh, I like it. I like it. Well, I want to go a little off the field now, right, for a minute. You're a guy who has a lot of different interests off the field, right? Uh, Yep. What you you even even post post playing career you have a, you have a lot of ideas and stuff so right. tell me what what is it you are looking to accomplish what what are you off the field you know you have you're involved in a bunch of businesses very uh you know business minded you're very into making sure you have uh you know post playing career aspirations so yep. wh- first of all why are you so why is that so important to you and Tell everybody what is it what is it you want to do? So it's for one, it's important to me because like my dad always preached like, you know, you know, you won't be playing for long and you know, make the right uh business decisions and you know, just uh make sure you have a plan afterwards. But like really I always thought of my like thought like that. Like it really started for me working at Target when I was young and I was like, yo, there's no way I could like really work for anyone else like after I'm done playing football. I told myself and I told my family like Football is the only time like you will ever hear like see me taking command like from a boss or anything. So for one, I always just believed in like having freedom, like the like your schedule, like uh, being free to do what you want to do, but also making money or making like generating some kind of revenue of uh like outside of football. So that's always been my thing. I like reading, I like writing, I enjoy creating, I enjoy um I like sneakers. Uh, I like I like riding. So I want to get into like producing. You and making, pl- like, you're involved in a sneaker place out in California, right? Yes, sir. It's Pure Pandemonium, uh, and and we're in uh, Woodland Hills, California. So yeah, I'm just involved in, in in a lot of different things, and I I really just enjoy that. I really enjoy like, and I believe in having your like your own freedom, creating your own schedule, and being your own boss. Like this is something I always believed in. Where do you and get that creative I, gene? Where, where where does that creative gene come from? I guess it came from my dad. You know, I always, you know, my dad was kind of like a guy who never really had a real type of job, you know, but he always knew new ways or, or he never had a boss, but he always had like ways to make money or knew how to make money. And then my grandmother, I stayed with my grandmother when I was young a lot. So we would read and write. And, you know, I, like through that, I used to just find a lot of inspiration, the things that I wanted to do when I was, uh, when I was, you know, younger. So, you know, it just kind of followed me as, as, as I turned into, into an adult with my own kids. So I would say like reading and writing, like, it really helped me a lot to like inspire like myself to do what I want to do, which is write, read, create, you know, kids books, all kind of stuff, man. All kind of stuff. So in an ideal world, what, what is it that you want to create? Is it, is it the kids book? Is it film? Is it, uh, movies? Is it? Yeah, so I would, I would actually. I told Tish I, I, I want to roll in one of the movies. <laughs> but uh, wait, wait, so what was like, his response when you told him you need a roll? Man, he just laughed at me. I told him y'all could use my smile. Like I'm going, the smile going. You know, it's going to light up a room. Just let you know that <laughs> you're, you're going to get authentic in, energy every time. But yeah, uh, my ideal, uh, like, since what I would love to do is uh, really just create a. Um, Write write a book, write a uh, illustrated child's book, and you know it'll just narrate kind of like my life and what I've been through, and why I use my saying it's never bad. Um, 
and just you like to inspire kids that's from where I'm from that like, you know, you know, I'm from the inner city of Los Angeles and, you know, not everyone, not everyone is a gang member or, a, you know, a thug, quote unquote, you know, um, there's kids like me who grew up around it, but just never, you know, never really paid attention to it and never really, you know, got uh, sucked in by by my my environment. So I want to inspire kids that come from where I come from and every every ghetto in America. I just want to show kids that, you know, there's other ways to uh, to become successful. There's other ways to generate revenue and, you know, that is possible. So I, I think my story is is unique for kids to to hear that someone from their area or their neighborhood to make it out uh, where we're from and, you know, not being a product of our environment. Love it. That's a gr- great message there. It, it's never bad is your motto. Uh, oh, definitely words to live by. We're going to end with this. Ready? We're going to play yep. a little running back roulette. Okay. Hey. I'm going to give you hints and you're going to have to remember or come up with the obscure running back that you shared the running back room in with, with the Giants. You ready? Okay. You ready? All right. I think so. This running back is part of the brothers, com- is part of the brothers combo in the NFL. Played a majority of his career with the Cowboys. Mm. His brother was just cut by the Cowboys and the Packers this year. He's a linebacker who was a first-round pick. Oh, Rod Smith. Rod Smith. There we go. Um He shared the running back with you. He's from the state of New Jersey. Might be the only running back you shared the room with from the state of New Jersey. Corey Clements. You know what? I forgot about him. All right. The other running back, he went to Boston College and Rutgers. Jonathan Hilleman. Jonathan Hilleman. 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 (laughs) He is an old head uh, from the state of Florida who went to to USC. Also, bounce around a little bit in, in, in the NFL. Uh, dang, I can see his face right now. I could not think of his name. Number 37. Goodness gracious. Javorius. Buck Allen. Buck Allen. Buck Allen. Javorius Allen. Allen. <laughs> Allen. Hey, my dog. He, he is the smallest. This is a really obscure one. He's the smallest running back you've probably mm-hmm. ever shared the room with. He was on the team for a minute, maybe. Got elevated for one game. It was a Thursday night game against the New England Patriots. New England Patriots, yes. Uh, he went to Rice. Me. Yes, he went to Rice. He has a brother that plays that plays too. Yes, Austin Walters. Austin Walters. Oh, there we go. Let's go. I, I, I didn't know if you were going to get Austin Walters. I really did. I really yes, did. Man, uh, I make friends with everybody, bro. I'm telling you. He was a fullback. Hmm. He was. Jacked up beyond belief. Went to San Jose State. Super swole San Jose State. Are you sure he went to San Jose State? The guy I'm thinking of? Oh, Shane Smith. Shane Smith. Who are you thinking of? Uh, I was thinking of George Aston, the other fullback. Oh, no, no, no. I I didn't get that deep. I didn't get that deep. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Shane Smith. Yeah, he was like Terminator. He was big as hell. (laughs) <laughs> he was a, he was a terminator. He was a good dude though, actually. Very nice guy. Very nice That's guy. That's cool, man. Was he as cool uh, as me? Fifth round pick in 2016. I believe you were you were pretty friendly with this guy. So I think I think you're gonna get this. He's from oh, the Perkins. <laughs> Let's go. Hey bro, I'm telling me, I know I'm telling you, I know all my teammates, bro. I know every single one of them. 
Yeah, you know, if you got if you got Austin Walter, I think you're gonna nail every name, right? Because I mean, he was really only there probably for like three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Three All right. weeks. I'll I got one more. You. If you here's here's the last one. Is this one? I don't he didn't he didn't even make it to the regular season. He was with you guys at one summer. He's from the Bronx, born in the Bronx. Mm. He was an all Big Ten selection. Mm. He went to Maryland. Oh, that's my boy, man. That is my boy. My oh, boy. Well out of the backfield. Yes. Uh what was don't say his name. Don't 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 do it. Don't do it. Um don't do it. I see I, I he hooked on Leak. with the red my boy Leek. Leek, Javon Leek. He hooked up with the Redskins for a little bit. You yes, comp- you passed with flying colors. 100 percent Eli Penny crushing it here, doing well on the field this season. We appreciate your time here, my man. We got it. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to have you back. You're so good, you know. It's never bad. Yeah, man. Hey, it's man, never bad. Have some linebackers, have some linemen for me, man. That's a, that's a, man, I, I'm gonna get it. I'm telling you, I know all my teammates, man. Man, come on. I could I I'll definitely pull up some obscure linemen. Man, come on. The only I problem is I gotta I gotta do some research on them, like because I don't know what, what the heck do I know about like the, the 10th, 11th, 12th lineman on the team. <laughs> <laughs> For real, nah, that'd be tough though. That'd appreciate tough. your time, man. We'll do it again soon. Yeah. I appreciate you, Jordan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That was a lot of fun with Eli Penny. Really a, a great dude. There's there's no doubt about that. One, one of the best, if not the best, in that Giants locker room. Now is the time for the Jordan on the Beat portion of this episode. That's where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And I mentioned earlier... That Logan Ryan got me good. I got burned by Logan Ryan. Not burned in that he screwed me over, but burned in that gave me a good zinger. You know? And sometimes you got to take it on the chin. And that's the situation here with Logan Ryan earlier in the week. So it's beautiful on Thursday, right? You got close to, you know, 70 degrees in mid-November. I'm wearing the nice pink polo. Uh the polo polo, right? So, you know, the, the the brand polo of a polo shirt. I got like a black light, almost like mini puffy uh, North Face jacket on. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm styling here. And Logan Ryan gets up to the podium and he says, uh, 
turns to me and goes, pink shirt, huh? And I was like, yeah, pink shirt. And then, you know, the whole salmon joke came out. And I think we, we've made this joke before where, I, I mean, I told this story before where Tom Coffin used to call me the guy in a pink shirt. And I used to tell him, you know, no, you know, couldn't coach this, this shirt salmon. So I told Logan Ryan this, you know, it's funny you say that the pink shirt, you bring up the pink shirt. Is that that's what Tom Coughlin used to call me. And I used to tell him it's salmon. And Logan Ryan goes, you're wearing the same shirt 10 years later. Looks like it. And I was like, damn, smacked like that by Logan Ryan taking me to, to school to task about my shirt. First of all, that was a nice pink polo shirt. All right. I don't care what anyone tells me. I am comfortable in my skin where I can wear a pink polo shirt and pull it off and do it proudly. Or at least I think I can. And no, that was not the same shirt that Tom Coughlin used to, the reason Tom Coughlin used to call me the guy in the pink shirt. Even it's funny, even his wife, Judy, knew me by, uh, knew me by, I was the guy in the pink shirt. That's literally how I was referred to. But the funny part is, I do still have that shirt. For sentimentality purposes, I keep that shirt because I always liked that story that that coffin used to call me the guy in a pink shirt and I used to tell him as salmon. So uh, that's my little Logan Ryan uh, getting slapped by Logan Ryan. Sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. You know, I, I, I put it out there. I gave him a layup, a softball. He took it. He hit it, you know, and what am I going to do at that point? Nothing. You just take it. Uh, as for this week's game, I'll give you my prediction <sighs> again, Monday night road, 10, 11 point underdogs. <sighs> it's hard for me to come out here and tell you the giants are going to win. Just can't. I do like the giants to cover and keep it close. They remember they kept it close with, with Tampa last year at MetLife stadium again on a Monday night, Tom Brady. Now that Tampa team was trying to get it together at the time, which to be fair, they are again right now. So I'm saying giants, uh, Tampa 31. Giants 26. So they actually produced some offense. But in the end, I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop Tom Brady and Tampa consistently. So even though, you know, Pat Graham and the defense are playing better, I see them doing well in the first half, giving them a little trouble. But eventually Brady puts it together and ends up putting up 30 plus on the board because that offense is really good. They got weapons all over the field. Gronk might even be back. You say, oh, Gronk's 100 years old. What does he do? Well, he's still a valuable piece of this offense. I mean, not that they don't have tight ends without him. They have running backs they like to throw to. Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans. I mean, a good offensive line. Leonard Fournette has really thrived in this offense. It's hard for me to envision the Giants completely shutting them down. So I got Tampa 30-31, Giants 26. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, you know how to find me. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, TikTok. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.